Welcome to Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tarmody, where it's all about health optimization, anti-aging, longevity, and being the very best you can be. Brought to you by lisatarmody.com. Hey, my friends, welcome in. Today, I have my friend, Dr. Alina Siranova, who is a molecular biologist, and we are going to be talking about why we need supplements, our modern-day nutrition, what's missing from it, and so on, and then going through some of the anti-aging molecules that are, have hit the scene and, and stuff that we are very passionate about. Uh, so we're going to be going through the list and what they're for and how they will benefit you. So I do hope you enjoy this episode with Dr. Alina. Um, she's been on many times. I'm pushing the limits before. So make sure you go and check out the other episodes and we'll put the links to those episodes as well because she's a minefield of information, this lady. Uh, Really, really fascinating stuff. If you want to slow the aging or if you want to optimize performance, if you want to, you know, improve your brain health, your heart health, your metabolic health, which should be something that we're all concerned about, then I highly recommend this episode and past episodes as well. So make sure you check it out. Now over to the show with Dr. Elise. Serenova. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back. Today, I have my friend Dr. Alina Serenova, molecular biologist and superstar entrepreneur at NBN NMN Bio. NBN NMN Bio. Try saying that three times. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, uh, Alina. It's fantastic to have you again. Great to be here again. Really, really loving it. Uh, awesome. And today we've got a little short show for you, and we're going to be talking about supplements, why you need to take them, our modern nutrition, and going through some of the molecules that you might be interested in. So, Alina, why do we need to supplement at all? Our grandparents didn't need to. Why do we need to? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I'd like to talk about the modern nutrition and what it has basically become over the past few decades, because our nutrition is fundamentally different from the nutrition that our ancestors had a hundred years ago, 200 years ago, thousands of years ago. Um, you know, the, the carbohydrates were introduced into our diet only, you know, like, very, very recently and with massive agriculture, um, and especially with the industrialization of the previous century, we've seen such a huge shift from basically primal nutrition and, um, protein based nutrition, um, that was full of vitamins and full of uh, different nutrients that we need to um, to a lot of carbohydrate consumption with the modern food pyramid, suggesting that we need 55% of our calories being um, coming from carbohydrates. And um, so here there are a couple of interesting points. So first of all, the the, uh, ag- the massive agriculture has resulted in a lot of foods not being as um, nutritions as they were even, uh, let's say 70 or 80 years ago. So, um, that's point number one. And point number two is that, um, what are actually the essential nutrients that our body needs? So protein is being broken down into amino acids, um, and fat is being broken down into fatty acids and carbohydrates. They just being broken down into sugars. And, um, this is the non-essential stuff. Yes, they still generate energy. However, uh, for example, with fat and fatty acids, we do need, um, 
we do need fats because um, all of our cell membranes are um, consist of basically fats, cholesterol, and so on. So this is actually um, a very essential um, part of uh, of what our body needs in order to function well. And unfortunately, like I, I, I'm hearing people saying things like, Oh, I'm on a weight loss. I'm, I'm just doing, uh, I'm just counting calories, calories in, calories out. And no. it's all good. Not, oh, not, not all calories are the same because if you just keep on loading your body with, uh, what I'm calling anti calories, which could be sugars for example, for example, like any sort of carbohydrates, right? So pasta, um, rice, things like that. Like there is a fruits. minimal, um, yep. yeah, yeah. Even fruits, of course, there is like, uh, the, there are minimal nutrients, but even fruits, like they consist of uh, many more nutrients a hundred years ago, but now with massive agriculture, fruits and vegetables have lost all of the um, nutrients that they had as well. So um when we're talking about nutrition the the um, the modern day nutrition and what people consume unfortunately like in my opinion like the goal should not only be to just stay alive and and take some calories during the day the goal is to basically nurture your body and make sure that it has all the nutrients that uh that it needs and um you know there there's been recently a scandal with the liver king, um, the guy that founded ancestral supplements, um, because he was basically advocating this nose to tail nutrition and eating all of the organ, uh, meats, um, you know, in, in a supplement form. Um, and then, uh, uh, basically like what we realized is that he was taking steroids this whole time. However, um, I want to kind of separate the individual from the brand because I actually yeah. think that the brand is excellent and yeah. the products are excellent with desiccated flavor uh which is super nutrition yep yeah absolutely i'm taking it as well right and yep. like by the way i have no affiliation with the company but i do no. like their products yeah um because i think that when you're nurturing your body and you're switching to a high protein diet where all of the calories that you're consuming are super super nutrition not just empty your body starts operating in a different way. And of course, this is tied up to the unnecessary insulin resistance that is rising in your body when you're consuming carbohydrates on a regular basis. And that's a whole nother subject. And yeah. as you know, very passionate about um, spreading the word about insulin resistance and how bad it is because um, after studying different um <clears throat> different longevity pathways and the biology of aging in general, uh, this is where it all comes back to. Like it, like, because I was, uh, very passionate about studying neuroscience at first. Um, this is my educational background. And I was trying to understand neurodegeneration. I was trying to understand how the brain works and why does it age and why do we have neurodegeneration? Um, and then when I was, um, when I was in, uh, studying different molecular mechanisms, it looks like it doesn't make sense to start intervening into different um, aspects of biology if there is insulin resistance. And yeah. this is true for neurodegeneration and also for other um, major diseases, such as cardiovascular diseases, for example. You know, uh, like cardiologists nowadays, they're giving wrong advice when it comes to, uh, you know, nutritional guidelines for people cardiovascular disease this is uh to me this is uh you know like it, it's crazy basically it's 20 years old you know the the information yeah. that you're getting yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so what they're doing is they're suggesting, let's say, reduce salt intake, but then they're not telling you anything about your sugar consumption. However, if you're cons- no matter the amounts of salt you're consuming, if there is no insulin spikes in the blood, you're not going to have progression and, and development of the atherosclerotic plaques. So, you know, to me, this doesn't make sense. Why are you telling your patients to reduce uh, salt consumption, but you're not telling them anything about insulin resistance, right? So, so Absolutely. unfortunately, um, you know, um, in, in the medical profession, what we're seeing now in medical schools is that uh, doctors are taught to be providing palliative care and the process of new knowledge being developed by scientists and then being integrated into the medical school studies, it takes years or, or 30 years, or <laughs> decades. Yes. Decades. So, uh, yeah, so most doctors are not up to date if they're not proactive themselves about nutrition and let alone they're not even studying that much nutrition at the medical school. Like they hardly have any pending classes on, yeah. on nutrition. So well, less than uh, a day, you know, less than a day on nutrition. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if we go back to your original question, um, saying, okay, well, my, my grandpa didn't have to supplement, right? So, uh, a hundred years ago where people still had some, some, uh, really good fresh organic produce from their village, you know, like including meats and vegetables and so on, like everything was fortified with uh, with uh, a lot of nutrients and so on. And we, we just simply can't get that from our nutrition at the moment. So no matter how good or balanced you think your diet is, you're not going to get all the nutrients that your body needs and all the vitamins and the, um, the term vitamin <clears throat> It was first established in the 1920s um, from vital and amines. So from the scientists that, that discovered vitamins, they gave it this term because it's basically the vital blocks that the body needs in order to function. So we, uh, so uh, for me, this is basically uh, stage number one of your supplementation. So you, you need to make sure that you're taking the, um, you know, the appropriate vitamins for your body. And then like stage number two of supplementation for someone would be to go uh, into more depth and um, kind of consider what kind of specialized uh, anti-aging compounds someone would need after the age of 25, 30, because this is when the aging process starts. And this is when you need to ask yourself, okay, well, how are my energy levels? How is my focus? Because uh, a lot of people are kind of taking uh, fatigue and decreased energy levels for granted nowadays. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it actually doesn't need to be this way. So this yep. is very, very um, interesting uh, to, to to see. And I think that there are a lot of conscious individuals already out there that are uh, realizing that, look, it, like this natural decline and progression doesn't need to be, um, you know, progressing at a certain pace, like you kind of can slow it down, if not, um, you know, if not completely. Even reverse stopped. it soon, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's exactly. Like coming. Yeah. Yeah. So and this is where the different vitamins and then the different anti-aging compounds are, are coming in because 
um, like you, you already cannot get the vitamins from your food and let alone the specialized anti-aging compounds because they're just in trace amounts in some foods. And there is definitely no way that you're going to get as much of an anti-aging compound that you need from, from just, you know, the food that you're consuming. And if we, if we look at like lifespan has definitely increased. So like I think the average in the Western world or, uh, is around the 79 years at the moment, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, and, but our health span is something like 63 years on average, yeah. different slightly in each country. Yeah. But that's a huge amount of time yeah. where you're spending with uh, morbidities and, and disablement. And, you know, like there are, th- so we don't want to be just existing because medical science is brilliant and they do great surgeries and they do great things that keep us alive. But how are you living and how are you um, progressing? And then if we also look at the, toxins that we're exposed to on average they say about 500 chemicals per day per human is what we're exposed to through the pesticides through our vegetables through our crops through uh our shampoos our cosmetics all of that means that our detox pathways have to be operating at full capacity if we want to stay healthy and this is where some of the molecules come in you know like I'm a big fan of optimizing methylation speaking of methylation you have a product TMG um, trimethylglycine also known as betaine and this is one of those donors those methyl donors Um, can you explain a little bit about methylation and about TMG and why that one's important yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, this, those are a couple of very interesting points that you've mentioned here. So I, I just wanted to add something with regards to lifespan. So surprisingly, so lifespan has indeed increased, um, especially in the West, but, uh, the last generation of Americans and Europeans, uh, it seems like their lifespan will actually be decreased at mm. the moment. And it has to do with the obesity epidemic and the diabetes epidemic. And as I previously mentioned, you know, diabetes obviously um, has to do with insulin resistance. And then insulin resistance manifests a bunch of other diseases that yep. you Cancer get. Cancer Alzheimer's. As- yeah. And what we're seeing now is that uh, type 2 diabetes was something like much more rare in the past and also something that would manifest later in life, um, you know, in, in the 40s and 50s and so on. And now we see even little children getting type yeah, 2 I've diabetes. Yeah, one this week, an eight-year-old yeah. with fatty oh. liver disease. You know, Oh, like, wow. That's, that's crazy. That's it's crazy. Insane. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what we're seeing is that our diet and our current lifestyle is definitely not advocating for a long and healthy life. So um, with regards to TMG and methylation, so basically what happens is that, um, so TMG is uh, trimethylglycyl, so um, it's a a glycine molecule with three methyl groups on it, and methylation is a natural bodily process in which three hydrogen atoms and one carbon atom are transferred from one molecule to another. So it's basically like um, a signaling mechanism inside your body, if you wish, and it's um, it's implicated in different important functions. So this could be creating neurotransmitters or cell divisions and energy production, metabolism, uh, DNA expression. So it has to do with epigenetics, uh, fighting free radicals and so on. So um, 
it it is an extremely important process, but our bodies don't have an infinite amount of fuel for this process. And the fuel for this process are the methyl groups. And this is why taking TMG is so important because uh, TMG can basically provide your body with those methyl groups that it needs. Um, it also is very important for liver support. Um, and what we've seen is there are already, um, a lot of clinical trials published on, on trimethylglycine. And it's not, this is not a new compound, by the way. And no. it's only been recently categorized as an anti-aging compound because, um, of the assistance that it offers to, to our epigenetics, basically, or in our DNA expression. But, um, there's been studies 20 years ago showing how TMG can actually help with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease that you mentioned before, um, a couple of other things. And it seems to be protective for our heart as well, because what it does is it offsets the, the toxic buildup of the bad um, molecule called homocysteine. Mm. So the higher the homocysteine, the higher your risk for cardiovascular disease. However, if you're taking TMG, your homocysteine will be reducing. And this is why, um, you know, this is such a wonderful uh, compound to take. Oh, yes. and yeah. Um, it's interestingly, so yeah, so something that came um, to my attention recently with regards to TMG is um, its benefits for uh, autistic children as well, because wow. uh, as I previously mentioned, it does, uh, it is involved in um, neurotransmission support, basically, and it seems to be very, very nourishing for autistic children's brains. And um, as someone um, that wrote a book on autism reached out to me talking about TMG wow. um, because she said that she's been giving it to um, her son, uh, who is autistic, and she's seen basically great results with TMG with regards to his cognitive function and how present he is and so on. So, um, yeah, that's Fantastic. something else to, to kind of uh, keep in mind because I think that this is this could be very useful for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I've been fighting with homocysteine in my mum's case with, you know, going through cancer um, treatments and her the, uh, some of the medications increased her homocysteine levels and putting TMG into the mix along with some other methyl donors as well, um, your B vitamins and folate and so on, um, has reduced it now down to the normal range, you know. So that's been very important because that increased your risk of heart, having another stroke or a heart attack, right? So it's pretty damned important, this thing. Um, so we need to know what our homocysteine is. And this is why I'm such a big proponent of getting your blood tested, you know, regularly to see where these things are at and then putting in the right things. You know, often people say to me, don't you just have expensive urine? You know, it's not doing anything. And I'm like, I can take your blood now, put you on a regime and see the outcome in a couple of months time. It takes a bit to get things in the system and right, but then, it's, oh. so no, it's not just expensive urine. That's just for me a cop out, but um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and now yeah. you've got and a couple of, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. So I just wanted to say that there are uh, different kinds of brands out there and different kind of like um, quality in yes. terms of supply. 
So some of them will indeed give you expensive urine, but with uh, compounds like TMG, for example. So TMG is water soluble, highly water soluble. And then it's also, um, it does have like high absorption in the human body. And then um, we want to make sure that everything that we take, we take it at the right time. And, you know, when, when it's appropriate for the body. So you do need to know a couple of things uh, about the compounds that you're taking to kind of avoid this problem of expensive if you're in, which yep. can still occur if you're not taking the things the right way. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, so uh, so TMG, for example, uh, that is also called betaine, it's, it's been firstly discovered in beets, in beetroot, um, and there's trace amounts of it in beetroot and in a couple of other foods. So uh, there is no way you're going to get the right amount of TMG from your food. So this is why you need to take the supplement. Absolutely, and especially if you're dealing with something like a high homocysteine level like we've been dealing with. Let's look at a couple of the other molecules. We've got um, quercetin. Quercetin is another uh, one of my favorite molecules on the planet. What does quercetin do? Can you explain why quercetin is important, especially as we age? Yeah, absolutely. So um, quercetin has um, quite a lot of um, benefits. So it's a natural bioflavonoid. It's also found in, in trace amounts in some food like onions and capers. I personally hate capers, so no, I never... Too. so what it does is um it it helps improve inflammation it helps improve blood pressure um it can also boost up your exercise performance because of its inflammatory effects uh sorry anti-inflammatory effects um and it's also a natural antihistamine and uh this is why we're seeing such a good effect uh with people that are suffering from seasonal allergies for example and then they're taking quercetin during the spring and summer when they they might be having some sort of um uh allergic reaction yeah. and um what we're seeing is that um quercetin is basically fat soluble so it's better to take it with a meal so this is important because it's not water soluble like tmg or nmn and so on um and also um in order for quercetin to enter your body and to not oxidize uh before it does its job it's important to take it with either vitamin c or nac in order to support this process just interrupting the program briefly to let you know that we have a new patron program for the podcast. Now, if you enjoy pushing the limits, if you get great value out of it, we would love you to come and join our patron membership program. We've been doing this now for five and a half years and we need your help to keep it on air. It's been a public service free for everybody and we want to keep it that way. But to do that, we need like-minded souls who are on this mission with us to help us out. So if you're interested in becoming a patron for Pushing the Limits podcast, then check out everything on patron.lisatarmaty.com. That's P-A-T-R-O-N dot lisatarmaty.com. We have two patron levels to choose from. You can do it for as little as $7 a month, New Zealand, or $15 a month if you really want to support us. So we we are grateful if you do. There are so many membership benefits you're going to get if you join us. Everything from workbooks for all the podcasts, the strength guide for runners, uh, the power to vote on future episodes, uh, webinars that we're going to be holding, all of my documentaries and much, much more. So check out all the details, patron.lisatarmaty.com and thanks very much for joining us. 
This is what we call the quercetin paradox. So if you take it by itself, it's not very efficient. And this is why uh, Atenum and Bio, we did enrich our quercetin capsules with vitamin C and also citrus bioflavonoids because we wanted to make sure that quercetin is not being oxidized uh, with the presence of vitamin C. And we also wanted to make sure that vitamin the vitamin C that we put in the capsules is being maximally absorbed by the body with the addition of citrus bioflavonoids, because this is where you usually get your vitamin C from, right? From oranges yep. and citruses yep. and so on. So it works very well with the citrus bioflavonoids and make sure that, um, you know, everything is... Um, it, Everything is in as natural form as, um, as it could be in a form of a capsule. So, uh, quercetin is also um, yep. a zinc ionophore, meaning ah. that it actually increases the absorption of zinc in the body. So <clears throat> zinc is actually a very interesting. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting, um, immunity booster as well. So whenever I'm sick, I'm taking both. I'm taking quercetin and zinc. Uh, some people are actually quite sensitive to zinc. So then, uh, they get some nausea and so on. So you kind of need to account for this. So if you know that, uh, at 40 mg, you would get nauseous with zinc, don't take, you know, like 40 mg plus quercetin because that is, is, is going to be too strong of an effect. Um, and then, of course, the anti-aging property of quercetin is the fact that it's actually killing your zombie cells, your, yeah. your cells. Autophagies, the nascent cells. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it, 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 this is very important for us to kind of maintain our tissues clear as we age, because uh, with age, the presence of senescent cells is um, basically being um, increased everywhere. Uh, and what we want is to to keep the senescent cell population at bay. So um, there are a couple of ways to take quercetin. So uh, someone could just take 500 mg of quercetin per day uh, for, you know, for, for as long as they want, or they could do a detox protocol to kind of emphasize the, uh, um, you know, the senescent cell clearance and take two or 2.5 five grams of quercetin per day for five days. This is an established protocol that we've seen before working very, very well with regards to um, senescent cell clearance. Um, and of course, when uh, during the winter months, when you're about to get sick, you can also take some quercetin. So uh, my personal protocol is when I'm about to get a cold, I just take one gram of quercetin for a couple of days. And usually this saves me from, you know, from okay. developing the cold further. Um, so yeah, a couple of ways there to play around with it. And then of course, um, as I previously mentioned, during spring, you can also take it um, as a preventative measure. If you know that you're uh, prone to fake hay fever and so on, um, you know, just for a month or two uh, during the months that, uh, yep. you know, hay fever can occur. I've been I've been experimenting with that myself because we're, we're at a time of the year over here where, where we've got lots of pollens and struggling with that so I've upped my quercetin intake at the moment so that mm -hmm. I can deal with it and I don't get like I I was a chronic um hay fever sufferer and All right. you know since since being a baby and and I don't have it now as long as I take my quercetin okay if I forget it for a day then it you know it comes back um but that's a better way for me than rather than you know taking an antihistamine 
which I don't want to want to necessarily do. So yeah, it, it's definitely and you know anecdotally, um, it's in a lot of cancer protocols for, for the metabolic approach to cancer quercetin because it also has some anti-cancer properties. Not that you know it's a cure or anything like that, but it it's certainly part of uh, protocols that I've been using for this past year for mums. So really interesting molecule quercetin. Let's talk Absolutely. about. NMN, your flagship uh, product, nicotinamide mononucleotide, world famous. Um, <laughs> Dr. David Sinclair really unleashed a beast when he we talked about, um, you know, NMN and, and NR and uh, these precursors and what sirtuin genes and activation. And now it's on everybody's tongues. But um, explain a little bit about nicotinamide yeah. mononucleotide. What is it? Why is it so important as we age? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, first of all, uh, the compound has come a long way from two, three years ago when it first got famous uh, due to David Sinclair's book, because, um, you know, three years ago, we didn't have many uh, human clinical studies and many evidence that it's actually as efficient as it is in humans. Um, there was, I think, just one safety study, and then there were just mouse studies around showing um, incredible results, really, and showing that it basically can affect many, many hallmarks of aging, um, and it can combat aging in in mice and other organisms. However, now um, we, I think, we have at least twelve human clinical studies already. Uh, which is crazy because they've all been published in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're seeing that this compound, which is a natural B3 derivative, um, is just doing wonders with regards to regulating um, different pathways that are implicated in the biology of aging. So um, the, the most important function is that it replenishes your NAD levels, nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide, which is a master regulator of human metabolism. And um, the, uh, this coenzyme is basically implicated in over 300 cellular functions in the cell. And I think this is the reason why um, we have such a profound effect when someone is taking an amen. Um, and usually in order to feel a difference uh, from a supplement, you, you would need a few weeks. Uh, but here with Animan, a lot of people record like really nice results within a few days. And the reason behind this is because there are so many cellular functions being optimized, basically, that you're feeling this um, compounded effect in terms of your energy and your focus. So, um, you know, someone takes it and then a couple of days later, oh, I'm not tired anymore. You know, like this is not typical me. I'm usually tired in the evenings and now I'm not tired. Uh, now I can concentrate better. And this is the result of um, having your longevity genes activated that uh, called sirtuins that have to do with um you know, DNA repair and many other um, uh, metabolic and epigenetic processes mm. uh, in the cells. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and then there are many other functions related to metabolism, to energy metabolism, basically, um, because um, NAD is a very important part of the TCA cycle of, of you know, basically uh, energy production in the cell. And that's the reason why so many clinical studies has have already showed the importance of 
of NMN when um, when sub, uh, when athletes are supplementing with it. So we've seen um, different kinds of studies, so from amateur runners to um, you know older men, for example, and we're seeing that in this kinds of populations of, of healthy individuals, we do have um, you know um, s- slowing down of the uh, um, age-related muscle loss in elderly men. We also are seeing uh, increase in peak performance in athletes and increase in VO2 max. And VO2 max is a very important indicator of health, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because it's a very complex indicator. So what it is, is basically the amount of oxygen that can go through your tissues when you're exercising. And you basically are set to be reaching out your VO2 max when you start running out of breath, when you're exercising, when you're doing cardio. So the reason why this indicator is important is because in order for it to improve and to go up, there are multiple things that need to be right in your body. So it's the lung capacity, is the cardiovascular health, your heart needs to be healthy, is the insulin sensitivity in the muscle, and so on. So we have multiple things that indicate that you are in good health. And when all of these things are combined in your body, then your VO2 max is increasing. And then there is like, a, quite a big variation with regards to the human VO2 max and healthy individuals and performance athletes. And, um, you know, I'm personally tracking this myself at the gym, uh, you know, and I'm just making sure that it's, um, it's been maintained at good levels and, um, it's being increased as, uh, as I keep on exercising. Um, so what we've seen with human clinical studies with NMN is that the VO2 max goes up. And this is great, great news for athletes because um we're we're seeing this in you know like in in real life as well with anecdotal evidence from our customers we actually have um a couple of elite athletes uh yeah. taking our supplements one of them is actually very very famous and <clears throat> And unfortunately, he has a contract with another supplement <laughs> brand. That is so he can't advertise the fact that he's buying our supplements every month. Uh, <laughs> Bugger. <laughs> yeah, he did reach out to me saying, oh, I really love your supplements. And, you know, like uh, maybe we can like work together in the future. But he really, really loves it. Um, he does hold some uh, world records in, in you know, in, in his category and yep. things like that. And then also other athletes that I've talked to have reported the same thing. So increased endurance and faster recovery times because NAD is also essential for uh, inflammation. So it does regulate inflammation, and especially the combination of NMN and quercetin um, can do wonders for your athletic recovery. This is what we're seeing. Um, yep. Again, anecdotal evidence from our customers. And it looks like we and get can... more and more athletes on board right now that are taking our supplements because... It's very interesting how I was talking to someone saying that, oh, this is the supplements that we're selling. They're anti-aging supplements and they have this and this and this properties. And then they said, oh, so I can also take it, right? Because I thought it's just for anti-aging. But like, yeah, everyone needs the anti-aging <laughs> supplement for the age of 25. Why yeah. would you not? It. Uh, you know, so and they, they don't very- equate like this is just optimal performance. So maybe we need to change yeah. the, the anti aging longevity yeah, 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 to exactly. optimizing your performance because, yeah, and isn't. <laughs> 
older athlete now trying to maintain my VO2 max, trying to, and that's something that I struggled with always. And, and, and somebody who's sick, who's, uh, got, got ailments, that's just first thing that goes down is your VO2 max. And some people who are really sick, whose mitochondria are really, really struggling, they can, they can't even sit up in bed and they're already uh, anaerobic, you know? So this is something that's really important to keep that, keep that VO2 max up and your, your max performance. Yeah. And it's something that I track as well. And I, you know, I've been on an enemy since, well, how long have we been knowing each other? Almost two oh, years, I think, 18 months, yeah, two well, years. Two years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure I'm looking younger every day. Um, and, and Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> there's a couple of wrinkles and a couple of gray hairs, but, uh, you know, overall, uh, as a 54-year-old and as someone who is constantly pushing the limits of, you know, performance and, and stress and, and all of those things, for me to maintain where I'm at is a is a very big win. I just did a, a, um, a body scan thing from one of those – body scan things and it came back that I was eight years younger than my you know chronological age and that I mean how exact that is I don't know and I'd like to do other types of aging things and I was actually quite disappointed that it was only eight years and I'm like come on (laughs) I wanted it to come back 30 or something you know it's getting there (laughs) yeah so we're, we're still working on the way down but um that's pretty good you know um and and metabolic uh metabolic health for someone who's going through menopause and all of that sort of jazz that that entails and the dropping of hormones and the the massive amounts of stress that I've been under for for many years now as a caregiver and as a you know running my own companies uh that's that's not too bad because all of those things you know your hpa axis your cortisol your 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 hormones your all of these things have been taxed 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 every day so for me I can't lower the stress and, and a lot of us can't so I want to optimize what I'm putting in so I you know I do take all of these things uh and and you know I, I'm, I am a big proponent of it and I and it's working it's working for me it's working for my mom it's working for my entire family actually um and for many of many of my clients that I have on it as well um so uh, the last uh, uh molecule that we wanted to talk about today was berberine Another amazing molecule, the more you study berberine, the more you're like, give it to me. Um, explain <laughs> berberine and what it does, again, on that metabolic health side of things, insulin resistance, all of that. It's a fantastic molecule. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I think after Renaman, uh berberine is like my second favorite compound <laughs> uh, as well for anti-aging and for overall health because uh, we now, again, understand that metabolic health um, is so important that if uh, it does decline, everything else will start declining in the body as well. So it all comes back to kind of, you know, the insulin resistance that we previously mentioned and so on, because you can't be healthy if you have insulin resistance, right? So what berberine does, it basically, um, it's stopping glucose oxidation in the mitochondria while stimulating glycolysis and increasing glucose metabolism. So um, it helps with weight loss. It lowers cholesterol, it reduces the risk of heart disease and has antidepressant properties. And it's an antioxidant as well. And um, um, just as uh, quercetin and TMG, it's actually not the new compound, not like NMN. Um, it's a compound that's been around for a while. And there, um, I think it's over a hundred human clinical trials showing how beneficial it is for the human body. So um, this is also found in different kinds of um, 
plants, and it also helps with bacterial, viral, and fungal infection and uh, to reduce fatty acid buildup in the liver. So I think the reason why we we have so many beneficial effects here is because when you boost up your metabolism, um, again, like so many functions just start um, just start working better. And despite the fact that it's a water-soluble protein, um, what happens is that uh, berberine by itself, it's actually not um, well absorbed by the human body because of a molecule called P-glycoprotein, which is um, in our digestive system, is highly expressed in our digestive system, um, and it actually blocks the absorption of berberine. However, um, that's the reason why we put milk thistle in um, the Adam and Bio berberine mix, because milk thistle does block the glycoprotein, and then your berberine absorption basically skyrockets and becomes something like more than like 20x um highly absorbable so it doesn't make any sense to to take the berberine without the milk thistle and milk thistle is also good for your liver so yeah. both of the compounds will help with uh weight loss they will help with your metabolic health and especially if you're someone that is consuming carbohydrates this is definitely a molecule that you want to take in order to prevent insulin resistance and um you know, basically regulate your, your blood sugar spikes a bit better after meals. And what you can do is you can either take it after uh, each meal during the day, if you're consuming carbohydrates with each meal, or you can take it at the end of your day. And what it also does, it, it activates autophagy, which is, um, you know, the, mm, the, the cell clearing. natural um, um, clearing process. And we do want to be in this autophagy uh, state uh, on a regular basis in order to make sure that our cells are basically clearing um, um, themselves from, from toxins. So uh, it does activate what we call AMPK, which is a pathway that uh, is activating the autophagy process. And um, is basically the opposite of mTOR, which is activated when uh, there are still amino acids present in, um, you know, in, a, in our system, and it's the opposite of autophagy. So we do have this this balance of mTOR and AMPK, and if you're doing intermittent fasting, you will uh, end up activating AMPK for longer, and berberine can kind of help you um, kickstart this the, this process of autophagy a bit faster after your meal. So um, I think that um, in order to um, to to make sure that your your body is primed for longevity, is optimized for longevity. Um, like you can't do it without it, basically. Even if you're low on carbohydrates, I think that berberine is a wonderful compound to take. Uh, it has hardly any side effects. So for example, metformin, which is a type two diabetes drug um, and has a similar function with berberine, has been shown to um, to be having all sorts of side effects that um, can include indigestion and, and problems with you know stomach problems and things like that. And we don't see this with berberine, not uh, not if a healthy person takes it. Of course, if you have a stomach ulcer, you would want to be a bit careful. You would take it with food, maybe uh, start with a small dosage and so on. But if you have a, a healthy digestive system, you just take it whenever um, whenever it's needed. And, um, you know, chances are that you won't be having um, any of those nasty side effects. Yeah. So I think that um, this range of supplements that we talked about today, um, they're essential to maintain your metabolism 
metabolic function and your cellular function, because, uh, for example, berberine and anaman are a great combination for your metabolism, because anaman has also been shown to increase insulin sensitivity in pre-diabetic women. So, you know, you kind of want to uh to 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 hit this hallmark of aging which is basically deregulated nutrient sensing um from from all angles and make sure that this is not starting to slide and you you don't start developing insulin resistance very very important and you know there are different hallmarks of aging there are, there, there were nine of them and now there was a tenth one added which is inflammation and recently 2022 there was actually an an aging symposium in Denmark where um there were a lot of um you know famous scientists discussing the hallmarks of aging and actually adding uh, a couple more um wow. whole parts of aging to the whole process and what we're seeing is that um to me there is no uh no official distinction in what are the primary causes of aging uh, or the primary hallmarks and the secondary hallmarks but if i had to to guess and to categorize it myself like the deregulated nutrient sensing would definitely be the primary right driver of aging, right oh. so um yeah, so I this, think this is this whole metabolic, you know, discussion is just so important for people to understand that that whole metabolic piece, when you start to get that middle-aged spread, that abdominal uh, visceral fat, uh, yeah. that's when you know things are going south. You don't even need a blood test to see that. You just need to look down. Exactly. Are yeah. you the same size and around the waist that you were when you were a 20-year-old? If you're not, you've got some metabolic dysfunction going on and people yeah. think that this is normal and therefore because it's common, mm-hmm. common doesn't mean normal. And normal is not what we're aiming for here. We don't want exactly. that slide down. You know, yeah. that's what you know. When, and they did that scan this time. Um, came back with really, really low abdominal fat, and yeah. I was like, "Yay!" You know, there was a little bit yeah. of fat on my bum. Oh no, you know, terrible. <laughs> but actually, girls are meant to have a little bit of fat on their bum, right? <laughs> nope. That's not damaging to my metabolism, and it was still low and normal but that's not damaging to my metabolism what is damaging is when it's around the organs when it's around the middle so if you are noticing that either your bum's getting smaller and your your waist is getting wider if you're a lady or guys if you're getting that you know beer belly or that protruding gut uh and even you uh you can be caught out if you're a big person you may not, you may still look flat and you may still have abdominal, uh, fat mass. So really take account. Yeah. Are you the same size as you were when you were 20 around the middle? That's a yeah, really that's- good marker. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and actually visceral fat and its accumulation, it's, it's one of the, uh, uh, first signs that you're developing insulin resistance. And the reason why you start accumulating visceral fat around your waist in the first place is because your liver is already not functioning properly. And it is actually already storing some fat. And, you know, it's basically full of fat that is not being metabolized. And the, usually the reason it's not being metabolized is because you're consuming carbohydrates so your body is actually getting the um the um the, the command that look there is glucose around we'll just be you know metabolizing the glucose and we don't need to digest the fat that is accumulating so when the liver is uh, basically full of this 
fat deposits, then this is when you start developing the visceral fat around your waist. But now, like, it's already, you know, like, this is already an alarm bell. Like, everything is already starting to decline with regards to how your metabolism works. Although, if you are very conscious about your nutrition and your supplements, like, it's still fixable, right? It's not a death sentence. Absolutely. However, it's still, it already signifies that um, some of your bodily processes are not working as well as they should. Yeah. And we need to be attacking things on every front. So, you know, like your exercise, obviously your sleep optimization, all of those foundationals, we're not saying you're not part of this. It is, it's the most crucial part, but then adding in the right supplements that can help you because you may not be seeing the results without them. And then just Mm -hmm. taking that next level. Alina, you've been absolutely wonder. Dr. Alina Siranova, molecular biologist, founder of NMM Bio. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your incredible wisdom. I learn something every time I speak to you so it's a real privilege thanks so much for being thank you that's it this week for pushing the limits be sure to rate review and share with your friends head over and visit lisa and her team at lisatamati.com